Namaste everyone. My name is Avinash Anand Singh. Welcome to the another episode of Being Iconic with Avinash Anand Singh. Today we have an iconic personality with us. He is one of the top eight masters or acharyas of pranic healing in the world, and he has taught thousands of people across the world. He is one of the top most authority in the world on energy healing, and also the co-author of two best-selling books, The Power of Prana and Your Hands Can Heal. He has yeah. conducted sessions. In organizations like NASA, Microsoft, G, Intel, Motorola, and was a prominent speaker in Tony Robbins' program UPW. When he was 13 years old, there was a prophecy made by a fortune teller that when this boy is 24 years old, something more precious than gold will fall in his hands, and indeed that happened. So watch the interview, listen to the interview to know what was that, and join me in welcoming. Super amazing, Master Stephen Co. <laughs> Namaste, Avinash. How are you? <laughs> Very good, Master. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure to interview you, Master. What was what was that which was important than gold, which you found when you were twenty-four years old? Can you just describe it? <laughs> well, you know, the interesting part is at that time when you're a child, you don't pay attention to these because uh, you, you know your mother just brings you to. I mean, coming from Chinese background, we like to go see fortune tellers, and. Right. Um, you know, at that time, I just dismissed. I didn't mean think more about it. And then, twenty-four years old, my wife fell. Okay, something fell, my wife. And then, because of that, uh, I had to learn pranic healing. That's when I met uh, Grandmaster Tawakoksui. So, looking back, that that fell from heaven was basically you know the presence of my teacher. So that's what started it all. Twenty thirty something years ago. Right, beautiful, Master. Can you take us through your life story? Like, how was your childhood? Were you always into the energy aspect or mysticism aspect, or how you introduced to uh, you know this aspect of energy healing and all these concepts? Uh, actually, not not really. You know, I just grew up in Manila, Philippines, and uh, went to a Catholic school. And right. so, if you're in Catholic school, you're not supposed to believe in anything else, right? You so you go to mass, go to all the different sacraments, rituals, and everything. So, wasn't really much into it. Uh, and then I came to the United States and became a Southern Baptist. And I traveled back to the Philippines, so I go back and forth see my parents. And that's when uh, I met my wife. And you know, she we were there. She broke her hip. And that's when I look for a way to make it heal faster because the doctor said after breaking that hip, it takes what three and a half months for the bones to heal that you can walk. So I said that's way too long. I was looking around, and that's uh, I first took this class called Silva Method, which is probably you've heard of it. Silva Method, Silva Mind Control. You know, you do visualization, relaxation. So that's good. Uh, they didn't do much for me as far as healing the hip because I need something fast. And somebody introduced me, say, "Hey, there's this, you know, Chinese teacher teaching this thing called pranic healing," and I was really skeptical because I'm, you know, studied engineering. So, you know, for me, something too so far out as you don't touch, you don't do any stuff. Oh, it's a little wild, but I took it anyway, just out of desperation. So I took the class, did the work on her, and did healing on her three times a day. In two weeks, she was walking. Five days, she was uh, five weeks, she was running, and that's all verified by X-ray that it was healing faster. Wow. So from there. Uh, you know, a few months later, I was uh, sent by Grandmaster Cho. I said, hey, you know, teach pranic healing in the United States. So that's where it all started. <laughs> wow, beautiful. So in, 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 in spirituality, there is a saying that when you are ready, the teacher finds you, right? So something similar happened with you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, but you see, that presupposes that you're looking. I wasn't looking. 
but yeah. my soul was. <laughs> so it just yeah. fell on me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sharing this with you because some people think that, oh, you know, you need to be spiritual, you have to be a seeker. No, if it's your life's destiny, you cannot run away from it. It just shows up. Yeah. Beautiful. We'll, we'll, later we'll come to the aspect of karma and destiny also. So, Master, what is energy healing? Today, I think last couple of decades, this word has gone so much all over especially also pranic healing. And when I came across, you know, about the concept of pranic healing 2012, and it was so fascinating for me, but people who are listening to this right now, maybe who may not have a background in energy healing. So what is energy healing or you no, know, we call it pranic healing also. What is that? Can you give us a brief about it? Okay. So let's, let's just start from the basics. You know, if you have somebody in the business world, somebody who is a, you know, family person, they, some days they say, Oh, today I have energy or so I went to, I was with someone who's not very positive. Oh, they dragged my energy down. It is so vague. You know, when they use the word energy, it's just like something, you know, a feeling, a sensation. They don't realize that it is actually so real. And so one of the things that uh, pranic healing does, the word pranic healing comes from the word prana. The Chinese, you know, we grew up, we know about chi. You know, when you're feng shui, trying to move your bed, your house and everything else, you know, you look for the flow of chi or life force. You go to an acupuncturist, they stick needles in you to allow better energy flow. So it's something that is not just a symbol. It is tangible enough. And one thing about Grandmaster Chok Hok Sui that uh, really is very, very different from anything I've seen out there is because he makes it so real and you know, I'll guide your audience in feeling this, is it is so real that it affects your life force, you know, your, how your overall energy is, your health, it affects your relationships, you know, affects your business. You know, if, when your business has a lot of energy, it has a tendency to make profit. Now, unfortunately, most people think, oh yeah, he has a lot of energy. They don't realize it is that critical that when a person has the right energy in the right place, for example, if the, the energy in their heart is very strong, they're more loving, they're very uh, giving. If the energy in the basic chakra, the base of the spine is strong, they have a tendency to make good business decisions. If their uh, energy is strong, you know, in between the eyebrows, the ajna or the brow center and the throat, you know, they can think of strategy and proper operations to make the business run better. So it's not just something that is so symbolic. It is actually something that affects every part of your life. And so um, I like to do is it doesn't matter where you are or you have to, as long as you're not driving, you know, you just rub your hands together. Okay. Press the center of your palms. This is stimulate the hand centers. You know, just like you heard of acupuncture points. An acupuncture point is actually an energy center, which uh, in Sanskrit means wheel. So there's energy wheel that you draw energy. Now, a lot of people say, well, I don't believe in that stuff. That's the best news of all. Because when I started, I didn't believe any of it because I'm not supposed to. You know, you come from a Baptist background, a Catholic background. You're not supposed to believe in these things. And yet people got well when I used the technique. So even if you don't believe this, just try it and see what happens. So press the center of your palms. Okay, shake your hands. Now, the reason we do this is because in uh, oriental medicine, they say chi or life force follows your blood and your blood follows your life force. So the more blood flow you have as you do this, more life force flows through. To, so it increases the probability, even though you're not open to it, that you will feel it. Okay, so next you connect your tongue to your palate to connect the energy flow in your body. So put your hand like this. Now close your eyes and just put your gentle attention on your hand. And all I want you to do is imagine there's a waterfall of white light pouring into your hands. And I want you to gently inhale that light into your palms, down to your elbows, up to your shoulders, and exhale it back down to the elbows and out of your hands. 
and then do it again. Inhale that light into your palms, to your elbows, up to your shoulders, up, up to the top of your head. Let it pass your head, stay there. And exhale it down like a waterfall, down your head, down your shoulders, elbows, out of your hands. And we'll do it one more time. Inhale that light into your palms, down to your elbows, to your shoulders, to your head, pass your head above your head, and exhale it down, down, down to the arms, out to the wrists, out of the hands. Okay, so open your eyes. If you go like this, a lot of people will feel some sensation. And, you know, some people feel tingling, some people feel weight, or somebody who's very technical like me, they feel anything. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's the range. But here's the good news. If you shake your hand, okay, and you put your hand like this, we call this sensitizing your hands in pranic healing. You relax your shoulders. And the whole idea here is you have, like, just imagine you have a hose with an opening here and an opening here. And you're just making, making that water just hit each other. Okay, so you just relax. And you just kind of gently move it closer, further apart, closer, further apart. And, you know, every time we do this, in, at Tony Robbins events, we have 10, 15,000 people that are going, what was that? That's the flow of energy, yes. okay? So that life force can also be enhanced even more. So put one finger like this. Imagine you have a laser beam of light, just point it at the palm. And all you're going to do is imagine that light toiling on this open hand. And the other way. And usually we do this, especially children, they start laughing. Go, Whoa, what is that? And try the other way. Okay? And people freak out when they do this. They go, yeah, I'm not touching, but I do feel something there. All right, put your hand down. And that's the whole idea where people say, you know, this prana, you know, you know from India, you know, it's, called, it's like the universal life's breath. And actually it permeates everything. It's that invisible something that allows our body to exist. And so it's interesting when people do Tai Chi, they do, you know, breathing exercise when they're stressed out, they don't realize that all of those are harnessing this invisible current you call prana. And this prana, when it goes to the lower part of your body, affects your finances and your survival. If it goes to the upper part of your body, it goes to your heart, allows you to be more loving. If it goes to your brain, makes you more intelligent. And as it flows through the entire body and even more, it affects your spirituality. So it affects every part of your life. Even if you don't believe in it, it's there. And so that's one of the beautiful things. And, you know, Avinash, that you're asking is, you know, all people, in all, all walks of life can benefit from learning about this life force. Yes. Master, no, amazing. I, I know when you feel this, it's like a magic, you know, suddenly something so strong within. But uh, tell me this, how this energy, you talk about the life force of the energy, how this is different from the energy which we read in physics, right? The science. So what is the difference between that energy and this energy? We, we, is there a difference or the same thing? Actually, you know, the term energy is very, very broad. But since you asked about physics, we, the energy that we know of, based on what Einstein said, is E is equal to MC square. Now, this energy we're talking about, this prana, this life force, is actually not the same energy. Because that energy that Einstein's talking about has M, it has mass. This one does not have mass, okay? Although you feel a weight, but if you put your hand on a, on a scale and you visualize light, you feel the weight, but it would not show on the scale because it is not physical energy. And the interesting thing that, um, you know, quantum physics has brought us is when you study quantum physics, it talks about 
molecules, atoms, and in between atoms, there's a space, you know, between the, in between the nucleus and the electron electrons, there's a space, and the nucleus itself, which is made of protons and neutrons, which are made of quarks, also have spaces in between. And that neutron, uh, that nucleus, they say, is what, 99 point some percent empty space. Empty. However, they've discovered that that space, it's not empty space, it's just devoid of matter. So it's made of pure energy with absolutely no mass. And so when they look at this, they call it zero-point energy, as a lot of you have heard. And so this zero-point energy is actually what permeates the universe. And so if one way, crude way to look at it is the universe is actually devoid of matter. It's just pure energy littered with mass. And so this so-called energy is what we're talking about, this invisible all-pervading energy is what we call prana or life force. Right. So, Master, you say about, uh, and no, this is a, again a scientific understanding that the atom is 99.99% empty space. So, it means that what we see from the physical senses, the eyes, all the construction, the building, roads, human beings, you are saying this is just a 0.01% of reality and the 99.9% reality is energy, which we're talking about right now. Yes, the easiest way to understand it is something like this. If I take a sponge and I throw mm -hmm. it into the ocean, right. that water in the, in, the, in the ocean will permeate that sponge. So it's actually yeah. inside and outside the sponge, but that water is everywhere. So you, what you call reality, it's actually a combination of what is tangible and intangible. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So, Master, okay, this is understood now. Okay, this energy is the life force which creates the universe. But now, when you talk about healing, a lot of people, and I read a couple of articles when they researched about how somebody prayed for somebody or somebody sent a healing energy at a distance, and there's an impact on other people. How this energy can travel from one person, like you sitting in the US, to me in India, how this energy transference happen? Is there a mechanism behind it? Some scientific basis to Actually, it's not traveling. It's really not traveling. Although the perception is traveling, it's not really traveling. Because if you think about it, when, you, when you're inside this ocean of light, ocean of energy, we're already connected in the network. So still, it, you know, the, our human mind's perception is energy is moving from here to there, but it's actually happening simultaneously. But in order to explain to other, another person, there has to be a movement of something. So the easiest way to understand this is in what they say in quantum physics, they say one, something happening in one side of the universe has a corresponding, you know, simultaneous uh, phenomena happening on another side of the universe. And it's so far apart, there's no way something can go from one to the other because light, it's right. limited by the, by the speed of light. Right. However, it happens simultaneously. So the best thing they can talk about is they say, oh, it's called quantum entanglement. But mm. yogis have known this for thousands of years that when they're doing their meditation, they can sense what's going on in a faraway place. Simultaneously, it's happening. So what the scientists call quantum entanglement, okay, the quantum entanglement, the yogis call it as oneness because we're all mm. interconnected in this sea of, life force and energy and another <laughs> way to look at this life force of energy that permeates everything that it has a certain level of uh intelligence or holding data that's what you call consciousness so you're saying this uh, universe or this earth is part of one energy system you're saying yes the entire universe is basically made of pure energy and that's what it is <laughs> 
So, which, which means if I simplify to a very, very simple level that right now you and me are connected to one energy field. Correct. So we're in one ocean. One ocean. So, so you're saying then, if that is the case, then whatever is happening in the world will be affecting me also at one level? Yes. So that's why, you know, if we're, it's just like this, let's oversimplify. If you have an aquarium with fish, Yes. You drop something in one part of the, you know, you drop a liquid, colored liquid on part of the, the aquarium, at some point it will reach the entire aquarium, right? Oh, so if you're in a pool, right. same thing. So if we're interconnected like this, whatever happens somewhere will eventually affect me. Now, okay. the consciousness of that is what <laughs> the yogis call karma. Karma. We will come to that topic, Master. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Then, then how does this energy we're talking about, how this then heals the body? Body is the physical matter, right? Then how this energy goes and changes something which is so physical in nature? Okay. So if you look at it, children have a tendency to heal faster than older people in general. Yes. Okay? yes. And you also know these children have a tendency to be very active. They run around, you know, while somebody in their 80s or 90s, you know, can only have so much and get tired. So that right. gives you a clue that there's something in the child compared to the older person that is making the body heal itself faster. So in primary healing, we have two laws. The first law is the law of self-recovery, that the body is a self-intelligent healing entity. It tries to repair itself. You know, if you have a, a little cut, unless it's really severe, the body tries to heal itself uh, to a certain extent. And if you have a cough or a cold, same thing, unless it's, you know, something very severe that the body cannot do it. But the reason the body cannot do it itself is because of the second law of pranic healing, which is when the body is trying to repair or maintain itself, it is constantly consuming a fuel. And that fuel is this prana or life force we're talking about. Now let's put the whole thing together. You know, the body is trying to heal itself. So as it's trying to heal itself, it has to grab something to make the necessary repairs. And that prana we get from the food we eat, the medicine we take, the herbs. We, we even get it from other people. That's why when somebody's sick, when you're just there to be with them, to talk to them, or even when you talk to them on the phone, they feel better and somehow they, they're able to heal faster. And yeah. uh, in French, uh, they have this uh, doctor, Emile Cuey, for I don't know how many, you know, hundreds of years ago, in that hospital, I think it's during the plague or something, all the patients are dying left and right, but his patients seem to have an 80-90% survival rate. And all he did was whisper to each one of them, okay, repeat this every day. You know, every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. You know, something to that effect. And yeah. so when they do that, it's just like when you had your hands like this, I had you do the breathing. If I just keep having you repeat, I'm absorbing fresh life force. Your body starts absorbing this invisible life force. So somehow your body has more fuel to repair itself. So you go from the physical to the non-physical. And uh, I mean, that's just to kind of make it easier for the technical people here, uh, it's something like this. You have a physical body. This prana or this life force is intangible. So there has to be an interface that takes it from the intangible to the material. Yeah. And that's where you have to study what is called the energy body or the bioplasmic body. And mm -hmm. the easiest way to understand it like this for some of you who are very technical because, you know, I'm an engineer by trade is in engineering, you always talk about, you know, when you have a DC current, you always have a battery and the life force, you know, a, a load and a battery or a, 
uh, power source. And when current's flowing through, it always creates a magnetic field. Yes. So the easy way to understand is when our body absorbs this life force and flows through our body, we also have an emanation of this life force, like a human electromagnetic field, which ordinary people call the aura. So this aura is actually the interface that allows us to take in this life force and somehow you know, go to a certain mechanism that your physical body can absorb it. Ah, right, right. You know, when, uh, when last, last year I was in Tony Robbins and you did that uh, session with people feeling energy and then the meditation, and it was 13,000 people. I was mesmerized to see people around me. They were like completely blessed out and people had pain healing, like, you know, the back pain disappeared for somebody. So I realized that how powerful this is at one go, 13,000 people can be impacted. And just you uh, at the center transferring or maybe doing the healing magic from yourself, possibly. Right? <laughs> so well, it's twofold. Yeah. Well, the old idea is, the whole idea is what my, my teacher did. Is yeah. I asked, somebody asked him, what is the purpose of pranic healing? And, you know, among other things, how to heal yourself, you know, how to make your loved ones feel better, relationship, finances. But the most important part, just to kind of encapsulate the whole thing, yeah. is to bring the power back to the people. In other words, we oftentimes think that power is beyond us. But when you understand that this life force is within you, you just need to know how to harness it, then it empowers the individual. Right. So, so we are creator in one sense, creating things in our lives at every second possibly. Yes, we create it with our thoughts, our emotions, our intention, because we're manipulating this prana, this life force, which affects every part of our life. Every part, right. Uh, so obviously, I know people who are listening to this, uh, again, suggested is to go and learn pranic healing is tremendous, is very powerful. But uh, so for some people who may not still, uh, who may not have been uh, getting opportunity to go to learn pranic healing classes, what are some simple healing things or tools they can practice to see some change in their health, right? Just normal practices in the house. Well, there are many things. Number one, which is the most fundamental thing where you need to, don't need to buy anything, you didn't need to get anything, is use what you already have with you. And, you know, the corporations I've taught in, I've always asked them, how many of you have done breathing exercises? You know, everybody says, yeah, I, you know, they have wellness programs you know, in Google, PayPal, and everything. So that's the fun, most fundamental thing because this prana that is intangible for most people is easily, tamp uh, it's easily tapped with your breath. So some people, they just, you know, as the simplest way, it's just, just do slow abdominal breathing. That alone will calm you down. Now, to kind of increase it a little bit, when you're doing the breathing, you can in imagine you're, you're inhaling light, and as you exhale, you're exhaling smoke. Now, so what that does is two things. One, you're already harnessing this prana in your body. But when you visualize, the visualizing focuses your intention that you're absorbing this fresh life force. As you visualize and exhale, you're exhaling smoke. You know, what it does, it flushes out the lower frequencies, which is the stress, the anger, the negativity. So as you do this, even for as little, I kid you not, as little as five minutes, most people come out and go, wow, I feel so much better. And all I did was do breathing and visualize things left and right. And that is the most fundamental. Now, if you want to go further than that, we tell people every time you shower, you can visualize the water coming down, you know, is green and violet. You know, in advanced panicking, we talk about this cleansing colors. And in addition to that, you can tell people take a salt water shower, salt water bath. You know, so these little things that we're doing 
are easily accessible. You don't have to buy anything. You know, you don't have to go out and spend a fortune, go to the Himalayas or whatever. It's something immediate. So once you're able to see the benefits of that, you take a class, you read certain books, and then you keep further. So you can start very simple and make it as complex as you like. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. Pastor, before we shift to the topic of uh, you know, consciousness and spirituality, quickly one thing, some people also have a doubt that they say, okay, now there is something called as Reiki, uh, which is also energy healing modality, and then pranic healing. So what is, uh, there, are there some fundamental differences between these two modalities? Okay, you know, in this 30-something years I've been doing this, I've had easily thousands of, several thousand Reiki masters come to my class. And so what I like to do, you know, being an engineer, I like to have a comparative study. So I will ask them, you've taken the class, give me your feedback. So before we go even that far, let's just talk, you know, fundamentally, what is Reiki? The word Reiki, Japanese word, it's basically Rei and Qi. In Chinese, it's pronounced Ling Qi for the Chinese-speaking people. The characters are the same. Now, the word Rei or Ling is actually one of two words in Chinese, uh, Ling Hun means soul or spirit. So what happens is when you do Reiki, what you're actually doing is you're tapping to a universal spiritual energy. Okay? So that's basically the definition. However, when it comes to actual technique, I'll just give you a quick comparison. It's as simple as this. In both cases, Pranic Healing and Reiki, you are using and transmitting this so-called life force, prana or chi. Okay? It's just Japanese call it ki. That's where it stops. Everything else is different because in Reiki, uh, you know, basically compared to Pranic King, it is not as technical because it's meant to be in such a way that, you know, you can teach anyone how to do it in the shortest time possible. Uh, so we just basically, they have an initiation. So they have a certain ritual that they do. In Pranic Healing, it's quite different. Pranic Healing is more technical in the sense that, okay, first you study the energy body. You study, okay, every element has a unique energy pattern. So you cannot have one technique like in Reiki, you just let the energy go. In pranic healing, it's more technical. All right, every element has a unique pattern. Somebody with menstrual problem, heart element, cancer, they have diff different energy pattern. And then from there, the way Grandmaster Cho did it is after studying this, he actually implemented certain recipes or protocols that you can use on each of these individual uh, ailments or disorders. Right. So, which is very different in Reiki where you just let the energy flow. So, if you're the technical-minded, you want it more detailed, then people are drawn to pranic healing. The ones who are not, drawn to Reiki. Make sense? Mm -hmm. And here's the fundamental difference. Um, first of all, before I go any further, all healing modalities come from one source and have yes. one objective. That right. one source, obviously, is God, the universal spirit, and right. the objective is to alleviate suffering. It's just how it's done. Okay, I just want to make sure that uh, the audience knows that. Now, in pranic healing, one of the biggest breakthroughs, at least for me when I learned it, is taking care of the healer. Because mm -hmm. in most modalities, their perception is, as long as I'm helping someone, I'll be just fine. They don't realize that once you understand that energy moves, there's this thing called higher and lower frequency. So when a person is sick, their body is full of these lower frequencies, which people call negative energy, or just we just simply call disease energy. So when you're healing someone, what happens is they release these old frequencies to allow the new frequency to go in. Unfortunately, if the healer does not know how to protect himself or herself, part of that comes to their body. That's why you heard of healers who, when they help other people, they get drained or they get sick or they get some of the symptoms of their patients or their clients. In pranic healing, we have this thing called energy hygiene. 
And that's the funny part is when all these Reiki masters come to the class, you know, they see there's no conflict, but at the same time they go, you know, I could use that. So that's where at some point people get to realize pranic healing is comprehensive enough that whatever modality you're practicing, you can always learn something from it. So that gives you an idea of the inclusiveness of these teachings. Beautiful, beautiful. So it's like an advanced technique now uh, with the shortcomings have been covered now, which shortcomings in Reiki possibly of the healer getting sick themselves or using their own energy, that is covered in pranic healing now, you say. Yes, you know, the, the interesting part is this though, in traditional Reiki, and that's what I want to emphasize here, I always use the word traditional Reiki because unfortunately, you know, in the world of Reiki and the ones who have studied this, you know, there's so many different, uh, how to call it, versions of it. Right. You know, some people, they say, oh, I woke up one day, I channeled this new Reiki. So that's why when I'm talking about Reiki, I'm talking about the traditional one. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people have already mixed and matched it so much that sometimes you don't know, is that really Reiki? They've mixed it up so much. Make sense? Yeah. That's some pranic yeah. healing all over the world. If you take a pranic healing class officially, you know, there's a certain set protocol because the way my teacher said it, he said, you want to keep the teachings and techniques pure so that it is exactly the way the teacher put it together. So I just want to put that out for you. Yes, beautiful. So Master, now you talked about initially one, we are part of one consciousness, one energy. So what is this consciousness all about? What does this one consciousness mean for a common person who has no introduction to spirituality, right? Maybe who is in business. What is this one consciousness or consciousness per se? Okay, there, I mean, this could be a several hours discussion, but we'll simplify it. You know, when you talk about spiritual, Okay, they talk about what is this spirituality thing? You know, people, most people think spirituality is going to a church, temple, mosque. They, they think spirituality is religion, which are basically not the same thing. Religion is taking spiritual information and making it, you know, in packets. So uh, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Buddhism, they take spirituality and put it into a certain version that works with that particular idea or consciousness okay so the word spirit i think it's latin for breath like inhaling exhaling so there lies the secret where the breath like we talked about earlier prana is harnessing this universal breath like what they call the breath of god and when you become one with it you go beyond the physical body so you start to experience oh there's something beyond the body my emotions my thoughts and if i go even further when my emotions and my thoughts are calm I still sense a certain knowingness. That's what you call consciousness. Okay? So even a person that has never gone to any religion, has never studied anything, they know that at some point in their life, they start to realize there's this observer that is observing the phenomena in their life. You know, money, relationships, health. At some point, they're experiencing it, and especially when their body's sick. When their body's sick, they start to realize hey, something's going on. I'm observing the body. At the same time, I notice I'm not this body. I'm observing this relationship, but I'm not this relationship. So they start seeking. They start seeking. They start quieting their mind. They go into prayer. They get, and they start looking for this invisible something that is beyond the material, the relationship. That's where they start getting into the so-called spiritual path. Right. Okay. So you are saying that uh, we are not the activity or this body or mind, but we are the observer observing this world or this reality we call as life. Yes. So 
you know, one of the ways, there's two ways people do this. One is actively, one is it just falls on their lap. For example, a person who is trying to do meditation or spiritual practice, what is the most common thing they do? They sit down, they close their eyes, they quiet the room, make sure there's no special smell or whatever, or they go to faraway land. What are they trying to do? They're trying to make sure that the body does not give any data. So they're not, you know, feeling their butt heavy or they don't feel like, you know, something's blowing on them. Take that out of the equation. And next, they make sure that emotionally there's as quiet as possible and mentally as quiet as possible. What are they trying to do? As they isolate the body, the feelings, and the thoughts, what's left is what they're looking for. So that nothingness that they're looking for is what they call consciousness. And at that point, they go, wow, it's so quiet. It's so peaceful. So that's what you do when you meditate. Now, people who are stressed out of their minds, what do they do? They go into meditation because they want to get rid of the stress and all that stuff, and they arrive in the same place. Does that make sense? So this stillness and quietness is the foundation of experiencing this so-called consciousness. Okay. Um, Master, how does then the concept of I know it's a big topic, but quickly, just if you can relate this to it, how the concept of God, consciousness, energy, how it comes together then? How is God, as for you, what is, how you define God then? Like we hear about his, like God is energy. So what is the definition you give for God? Okay. Let's bring it down to the most common, most fundamental level. Yes. If I'm on a computer, I'm typing up a letter. I email it to you or I send it to be printed in a printer. So basically you have energy, bunch of electrons and neutrons or whatever, you know, this data is going through a piece of wire or wirelessly, it gets to the printer or it gets to you, you print it out. So that gives you an idea that energy can also have a certain level of information. That means it could have energy packets, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's the most fundamental level. Now just imagine the entire universe is made of this pure energy but this energy is not just like the wind or it's not just like water. This energy, every part of it has a certain level of intelligence. Just like you send a signal from your printer, from your computer to a printer, that signal going through, it's not just a bunch of lights or whatever. It actually contains data. So just imagine this collective energy in the entire universe has a certain consciousness and it permeates everything. So that, energy can easily be seen by someone who's more technical that's like the all-encompassing intelligence so that is the most scientific way i can think of to put the word god now for a person who's very receptive somebody in the religion somebody that's pretty spiritual part they start to realize okay so if this there's this collective intelligence in the universe then this collective universe must be that intelligence at the same time. That said, it should be able to have a certain level of evolutionary component. So when you're praying, you're meditating, as more of that data goes into you, you start to seeing that we're all interconnected. And so if we're interconnected, you come up with a certain consciousness like, like, wait, if I'm connected to you, that means anything I do to you would eventually hit me, right? So that's what they call karma. So without this oneness, this universal consciousness, karma doesn't mean anything. 
Right. So master, at one level, then you're saying that we are already part of this energy, which we call as God, the intelligence. Then why, why then we have this, uh, why we are not conscious about it? Why there is this uh, maybe unconsciousness when we are not aware of this true reality? Why we need to do certain things to then experience ourselves, like the true self, the, the consciousness we're talking about? Okay. Going back to the analogy of the sponge in the water. Hmm. If I take a sponge that is brand new from the store, I throw it in, it's super absorbent. Yes? Right. Yeah. But if that sponge, I've already wiped out a lot of dirt, a lot of junk in it, I throw it into the water, it's just the same water, but the water cannot penetrate because it's blocked. So right. most people, they're so engrossed in the material world, in their stress, their sex, that they block themselves to this awareness. So the problem is never God. <laughs> the problem is us because we're full of blockages with our right. thoughts, our words, our attachments. That's why we lose that consciousness. Right. Okay. And that's a very good example. Like, no, we, the sponge full of all kind of dirt possibly. And that's why. So I think uh, one of the things in life is that as we start releasing this uh, conditioning or the negativity or the blockages, I think we become more aware of the true nature, which is like the God nature possibly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Master, uh, you have been in the spirituality for so long and I want to just take this a bit more personal with you. Have you ever experienced, I'm sure you have many experiences. Can you share one or two experiences in your life where you, you experience this, uh, you know, what do we call as illumination, call as some out of the body experience, any, any instance like that you want to share with the audience? Uh, you know, unlike you or a lot of your audience, I'm not a very sensitive person. In fact, that's why when I took pranic healing, everybody could feel energy except this guy. <laughs> okay. So I probably, the worst example, you know, unlike some of you who are saying, Oh, I feel so intuitive. No, I'm a so such a mental person that even right. if I felt something, my mind would say, I don't know, maybe I'm just being suggested to me. Okay. So I can't really say, share a lot you know, compared to probably most of you, oh, I saw this light, I saw angels and all that stuff. I'm not that type of person. <laughs> However, there are a few instances that I recall, and one of them that was uh, very, very intense was I was uh, in meditation, uh, in the meditation hall with my teacher, and a bunch of other people meditating. And um, the funny part is, I, I remember at that time, I was meditating, and I found myself looking at my body, disappearing. And this body just somehow, it was the weirdest thing. You just, I was looking at it and then suddenly you go, hey, that's weird. How come my body just almost turned into light, like light particles, okay? And when Grandma said she was sitting in the front, at least in my mind, I was going like this again. It's the weirdest thing. Like my body disintegrated, turned into light, into little millions of little particles and all those particles of light just rush into this brilliant light, which is where he was sitting and disappeared. And after that, I don't remember the darn thing. <laughs> so that was probably the, the most, ex the thing I can remember that I can tell most of you. And even then when it was done, I go, did that really happen? <laughs> and a lot of people are saying, actually, you had a great experience. I go, I did. <laughs> so yeah. I, I was probably the most skeptical, uh, the most uh, skeptical person yet. That's, yes. that's what I remember. So, so that is what we call as you no know, merging with the teacher's consciousness. That's what we experience if we merging it with the light. Yeah, I, I found out later. <laughs> right, right, Master, you raised about the point of being analytical, and that's something even I also face sometimes because when we 
are too, uh, you know, too using intellect or reading a lot of things, suddenly the subjective, the intuitive part takes a hit, right? So what is your advice to people who want to develop more sensitivity or more awareness to this energy? Is there a method which can people follow to develop this easily? Okay. Before I answer that question, uh, I want to just state something that's very, very important. You know, I've seen people from all walks of life, and there are people who are just naturally very intuitive, very loving, very sensitive to energy. And yet on the other side, at the end of the spectrum, you have people who are skeptical, so mental, and doubt everything. Okay? Now, I come from that side. And looking back, most people say, oh, yeah, I feel bad for you because you are not so sensitive. Looking back, I, th I really think it's a blessing. It's as simple as this because, you know, if you open up the bookstore, we go to internet, anything goes. I mean, there are people who say, if you chant this mantra, tomorrow you ascend into heaven and it's, <laughs> tomorrow you're still there. Okay. <laughs> so skepticism, right. being mental has its place because you have the ability to filter out what is nonsense. Okay. Now you don't want to go so extreme that you close yourself off. So the, way, the best way my teacher explained it was something like this. You have to balance intuition with intellect in other words you study and you filter and in fact the buddha that's what the buddha said don't believe anything that's just because it's taught in holy books don't believe it just because it's in tradition don't believe it just because i said so okay so it's good to be mental it's good to understand so the way grandma said it is as simple as this it's called intelligent evaluation you analyze and learn you experiment, then make your own conclusion. So if you do that, you can have the best of both worlds. You say, okay, I had this experience. I'm not really sure what happened. Let me analyze. Okay, well, I felt this sensation. I can't come up with a conclusion yet. So let me do that meditation again. But I'll be open to whatever happens. And if you do it that way, you can progress in a straight line. Well, other people, here's how it works. Someone who's, you say, I'll take in anything. Anything that comes in, they're going like that. And somebody who's too mental and too skeptical, you're not moving. But if you combine the two, signal comes in, let me try it. So you're kind of going forward. You still have the same objective. Now, so if you do it this way, you're able to balance the development of your intellect and your sensitivity. So right. don't close yourself off. At the same time, don't be open to everything. Yes. So I think, my Master, that is what I think pranic healing or arhatic yoga, it does so beautifully to bring a balance between both the sides. Yes. And if I can add one thing for the ones who are like me, who are overthinking, over mental, is yeah. I would recommend uh, Grandmaster Choice meditation called Meditation Twin Hearts. Because when you do this meditation, your heart is open. You know, a big part of the meditation is love and compassion. And even though you're super mental, you're so skeptical, when your heart is open, it allows you to balance both sides. Okay, so you're saying uh, the activation of the heart or the opening of the heart, what you call as heart chakra, heart center, that leads to the sensitivity going, going higher. Yes, that's why you notice when you love someone, you're very aware of what's going on with it, especially if you're a parent, you know, you look at your child, you ask your kid, how are you doing? The kid says, oh, I'm fine, dad. You go, no, you're not. How do you know? I sense it. How do you know? Okay. Because you love them. Now, if you don't care about someone, they could be crying, screaming, yelling. You look at them, you go, are you okay? It's like you're oblivious. So the yeah. secret in sensitivity is the heart. Uh, so yeah. no matter how mental you are, if your heart is open, what happens is you become more sensitive. But the, here's the good news. When your willpower and your heart is open, it becomes goodwill. 
So not only are you willful, you're skeptical, you're very mental, at the same time, you care for people, it balances itself out. Right. And that is what you carry out at Tony's event as well. When we find people going all over, like they're succumbing, you know, uh, blissing out, that is what you carry with people as well in the Tony's event. Yes, he always wants me to be the last speaker in this UBW because he wants after all that, you know, rah, 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 and, you know, let's be successful. He wants to make sure that everybody goes home quiet and still with the heart being open so they can apply all that energy to helping themselves and helping other people. Right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Pastor, now coming quickly on the topic of karma. Now, a lot of people have this conception that this life is all destined. Uh, our journey is written down. We have no choices left. So what is your take on uh, karma plus uh, or destiny plus free will? And how, how, what karma is, how karma works out? In a nutshell, if you can just give a brief part. Okay, the simplest way to understand karma is something like this. If I drop this, that's called law of gravity. Now, if I don't believe in law of gravity, it doesn't change anything. Okay? Right. So this so-called law of karma is the same. It's not your opinion of karma or my opinion of karma. But the interesting right. part, if you're an intelligent person, you will realize that, you know, this teaching is in every religion. It's just said in different ways. And that's based on what we said earlier. Since we're in, all interconnected, whatever I do to you will eventually affect me because we're in this universal, what I call flux field, actually. They're very, very technical about it. Okay? Right. Now, here's the critical part. In addition to the so-called law of karma, there's this thing called the law of attraction, which a lot of people talk about. Law of attraction, you experience it every day. You know, you have a tendency to get attracted to people who have similar uh, thoughts and ideas about you, right? And you have a tendency to, when you're very negative, you attract bad stuff. When you're very happy, you attract good stuff. I mean, I'm oversimplifying. So look at it this way. Whatever I do, it's like I'm sending something out by this so-called cosmic boomerang called law of karma. It will eventually hit me. Now, but on its way back to me, because of the, this another law, law of attraction happening at the same time, it will attract similar vibrations. So if I'm very loving to someone, at some point, that loving energy will come back to me multiplied. And the interesting part is, whether you believe it or not, it's there. So that is the key in answering your question about destiny. So let's put it another way. If I take this piece and I drop it, the law of gravity says it will hit the ground. However, if I don't want to hit, if I don't want to hit the ground, I want it to have a different trajectory. I can. In other words, if this is going to drop and hit the ground, all I have to do is introduce an equal and opposing force to divert it. So mm -hmm. even though you have a so-called destiny that was planned by your higher self, your soul, whatever you want to talk about, like that is so, your so-called destiny. By the choices we make every day you're able to change it to better or worse. That's how you heard of people who are born, you know, they have so much good karma, as they call it in India, good karma. They're born in a rich family. Everything's taken care of. And they totally mess it up going to drugs and doing something stupid. At the same time, you have people who are, you know, destined, you know, their destiny initially is bad. They're born in a very poor area. They don't have much skills, but somehow, you know, by making the right decisions and sheer willpower, they're able to rise up and be super successful. So there is a destiny. At the same time, there's free will balanced together because you have the law of karma and you have the law of attraction and one more, law of evolution. Everybody's wow. trying to evolve towards God. Beautiful, beautiful. So, Master, in this case then, uh, when you talk about, so you are saying that we have the ability to create the life we are living right now. It's not all destined, but we get to choose with our free will and create things. Yes. And the interesting part is, 
if you don't choose, you already chose. <laughs> yes, right, right, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Pastor, uh, now today in the COVID time, across the world, people are affected, uh, business are affected, entrepreneurs are facing a tough time. To those entrepreneurs or people who are listening to this right now, they would ask this question that right now my focus is creating more business, more money, right? How this energy, pranic healing or the meditation twin heart or anything like this, how this is going to help me create more money in my life or to earn my bread and butter. So what is your advice on this part? Okay. I mean, it's interesting you ask that question because uh, it, pretty much all the interviews I've done the last three, four months have been always part of it has been like this question. Right. And the best I can tell you is as simple as this. You and I create our reality based on the choices we make and the choices we make are based on our thoughts and our emotions and our actions. So that's why the Buddha taught that everything starts with your mind. So mm -hmm. if you look at the situation, you know, some are worse than others, some are better than others. But regardless, wherever your starting point is, the fundamental thing, the fundamental thing you have to do is first have clarity. Without clarity, if you just emotionally respond to everything going crazy, you could have something not so bad turn into bad <laughs> or something good turn into terrible. Make sense? Yes. So yes. the first thing is when you do your meditation, you do your spiritual practice, it has nothing directly to do with money or the situation. What it is, you're cleaning house. Because if you don't clean house, you'll be affected by what's going on, the news you read, and what people tell you. And before you know it, even if you're optimistic person you turn into a pessimist and that's not going to help you okay so first you do meditation to clean house clean everything out so you okay i'm starting out clean then let me look at the situation how are my finances what are the business opportunities what are the options because if you're already contaminated you cannot think clearly so first clear the windscreen and the windshield so you can see the road clearly you do that by meditation and energy practices. And from there, you are able to look at things clearly and make better decisions. That's the first part. The second part is <clears throat> when a person is constantly thinking that things will go bad, it's just like somebody who's riding a bicycle. I don't want to hit that pole. You end up subconsciously moving there. Yes. So the way you do it is after you clean house, you say, okay, what do I want? Instead of focusing what, I don't want, let's focus on what I want. Because once you decide what you want, then the rest falls into place a little easier. So if I can give you some advice, the ones who are watching, the way I was taught is something like this. If you want to be successful, you first ask the question, what is my objective? Then the next question is, why do I want to reach that objective? Okay, what, why? And the next part is, how do I reach that objective? And here's the critical part of all of them. When do I, I want to get moving? What, why, how, and when? The when is important because if you don't have a when, I think you don't have a deadline, it starts just as an idea and nothing will be implemented. Most people think that you have to do all this planning. All the planning is good, but every plan has to have a schedule. If you have a schedule, what happens, it forces you to be accountable. And if you talk to anybody who's successful in business or anything in their life, that's the make it or break it part. Right. Brilliant. Asa, so you're saying that uh, one side, this meditation on Tun Hat, Pranic Healing will help us to get more clarity on what decision to make and more clarity in the mind. Yes. At the same time, 
because the energy changes using the law of attraction or the you know the energy is higher now and as you mentioned about that energy attracts similar energy so it's also going to attract different reality in our life correct right yeah so, you create basically the, the the bottom line uh is whatever you see that's happening in the material world hmm. is a reflection of what's happening in the invisible world and that yeah. invisible world consists of your thoughts your feelings your energy that invisible life force it's just like a hologram is already there before it happened materially and you talk to anybody who has done from sports to business a lot of them do this subconsciously you talk to any very successful athlete before they jump into that pool before they run they already picture in their mind okay what will be the end result and let me finish you with this to put a little more science into it there's this uh principle which a lot of you have heard of it's called the heisenberg uncertainty principle yes. and what it is they say is basically by observing an electron they change it right so, yes okay that's big and interesting so what mm. electrons are part of an atom an atom mm. form molecules 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 form solid liquid and and gas so that mm. means our very thoughts on the minimum level could affect an electron now if your thought is so focused and so concentrated on what you want you are already moving matter <laughs> in a very, very fundamental level right. so you and that concentration yes and that concentration can be improved by uh, pranic healing meditation twin heart these these uh, courses and these meditations right yes because if you're energy field is dirty you're full of doubt that's what you're creating but if you practice the techniques like meditation to inarts and cleansing and everything we learn in pranic healing then your mm. thoughts become super powerful and you then you are able to construct your inner world that will able to construct your material world right right brilliant brilliant master it has been such amazing insights i wish i could have you know, more time to uh, get more insight from you but now the last part i'm going to ask you some one liner questions few of them just to have some quick rapid fire answer from you right so, which is your favorite book <laughs> favorite book yes uh grammar sachos book uh, omani padme hum wow amazing. okay everyone listening to this please take note of this you must catch hold hold of this book what is the one favorite quote any phrase statement one quote which you love <laughs> um Top of my head, what Masicho said was, uh, "Miracles are based on the inner laws of nature." Right, phenomenal, phenomenal. They can create your own miracle <laughs> if you know those laws. Yes. Who is one one person leader? I know you're going to answer Masicho Kuksoi. Apart from him, one leader in the world currently you like the most. You love uh, the person for whatever qualities the person has. So one leader you get inspired by or you like. Well, aside from Massachusetts, it will be Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins, yeah, personal favorite as well for me. What is one thing, Master, which inspires you every day when you get up? What is the one inspiration you get inside to move forward to do the work? I get to do something that affects millions of lives. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. What is your one advice to your twenty-year-old self? Twenty-year-old self. Yes. I don't have one. 
<laughs> because, uh, you know, in my 20-year-old self, I was messing up, doing stupid things. But I look back, that was part of the process of who made me who I am. Yes, yes, completely, completely. What is one superpower you wish to have? One superpower you can have, what is that one you'll have for yourself? Be able to <laughs> disappear and permeate the entire universe at will. Wow, I saw it. I hope you <laughs> that means. I don't know. You asked, I, mean, I didn't even think. That's what came up. Okay, perfect, perfect. Master, if you have one week to live, one week to live, what three things you'll carry out? I don't know. Go, go on the beach in Hawaii? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but one week, uh, I'll probably record, you know, a hundred videos of everything that the teacher has taught me. Wow. That will probably permeate my entire consciousness. Um, spend time with my family. And whatever waking time I have left, I'll do go into deeper meditation. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Master, if you can achieve your 10-year goal in one week's time, what is one or two action you will take for it? Say that again? If I what? If you can achieve your 10-year goal, your, your decade goal, 10-year goal in one week's time, if you can achieve that, what is one or two action you will take for it? I'll probably go out and teach more. Uh, either on the web or physically, well, physically you can't right now. Uh, that's the first one. And I'll just teach like crazy, you know, whatever I can to just take all this knowledge that the teacher has downloaded, given to me, and just leave it for everyone. Uh, right. And the other one is uh, just heal as many people as possible. You're right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Pastor, last question now. What is the impact you want to leave on this world? Onto this world? The biggest impact I will leave with the world is that everyone who hears what I have to share will learn the teachings my teacher gave me to experience who they really are, the spiritual self, because that is the fundamental thing. When everyone in the world knows who they really are, that they're their spiritual self, they're the soul, that they're interconnected, uh, they will treat everybody differently and they will treat the planet differently. Beautiful, beautiful. Master, it has been such an amazing pleasure and uh, so much insights you have given in such, with such clarity and uh, you know, with such uh, elegance. And I really wish to have you again because a lot of questions still are pending, but I want to respect your time as well. Uh, Master, how can people, are, do you have online courses for people who, who may not have any background in pranic healing or hatha yoga as of now? Can these people come online to your website or any places and can do some courses which you're teaching right now? Uh, yes, they can. You know, there are courses that are from the Institute for Inner Studies. And at this moment, they're just for the people living in the United States. However, if you go to mastercode.org, you know, we also have a lot of videos there that, you know, what I do is if I cannot teach the entire course to people outside the U.S., what I usually do is we have little chunks of teachings, you know, everything from karma to healing to meditation that just with that alone, you'll be you be fed with a lot of these teachings. So just go to the website and then um, see what you can get. Also, there's YouTube and everything. So right. <laughs> it's out there. 
you have been a maverick on social media i must say i have been attending your instagram uh, sessions and facebook and all who are listening to it i think the best way to connect with you is to uh, join the meditations you are carrying out which are very frequent and uh, with such dedication right that is like you know such uh, amazing quality about you you are so much giving and i think every day you are getting people to meditate and to bless and to help people change so ma'am master tremendous tremendous work uh, you are carrying out Right. Oh, thank you. I'm just a student of my teacher. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Master, thank you so much for joining this uh, podcast. You. Uh, I hope uh, this knowledge what you have shared would be a source of enlightenment to some people to move towards the path of spirituality, especially. And for everyone who is listening right now, my life was changed when I came in pranic healing and erratic yoga. And I think everybody, you must explore the science. It's a science, by the way, energy science, and you will see some phenomenal changes in your life as well. Master Po, thank you so much for joining the session. Namaste, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Avinash. Hope, hope you're doing well. Thank you, Master. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you got some value. I request you do subscribe and share in your network. And I'll really appreciate if you can follow us on different social media platforms. You can find me with the name Avinash Anand Singh. Goodbye. Take care. God bless and be iconic.